right, welcome back to the program Monday morning, all thanks to Psychology Services, New South Wales. Marcus Paul in the morning. Now, I have to say for the first time, not that he's a, a first-timer on this program, I've spoken to David Shoebridge, oh, gee whiz, on a number of occasions over the years, but never before as a senator. Senator Shoebridge, good morning to you. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> good, thanks, Marcus. David still works perfectly fine, but uh, no, it's good to be up and running. You know, have the um, feet under the desk, have the office running, and uh, looking forward to what we can do federal. Yeah, well, congratulations. Um, I mean, it was a big campaign, as you acknowledged, um, and you've hit the ground running with constructive engagement with the new Labor government and Crossbench on the shape of uh, the new federal independent commission against corruption to be in place, hopefully. Later this year, you and I over the years have discussed many issues as to why we should have a Federal Integrity Commission in place. Uh, You and I, of course, discussed uh, a number of goings-on within New South Wales politics and and ICAC there. Um, It all hit a crescendo, of course, with with the resignation of Gladys Berejiklian last year. But now, look, I have to say it's the even bigger league. So... The Greens are pushing to widen the integrity body's power. So what's new here, David? Um, well, first of all, I think one of the uh, one of the good things about having come out of New South Wales politics, as you would know, Marcus, is you, you get a good grounding in political corruption in New South Wales. You know, it does world-class political corruption. And yeah. um, so it gives you a good, a good, I think, a really excellent set of principles to take federally and have a look at what works and what doesn't work at a state level. So, first of all, there is genuinely good faith um, consultation and ha- happening at the moment between right. the, the new Labor um, Attorney General, Mark Dreyfus, um, the Greens and the Independents on the crossbench. And, of course, you know, to get this legislation through the Senate, it requires the Greens to support it. Um, we have the balance of power there. Um, and um, and we want to use that constructively in this space. And And... And, and I'm, what I'm hopeful for is that we can move Labor's current position, which would produce an, an adequate federal ICAC, yeah. to where it needs to be to have a genuinely world-class um, uh, anti-corruption body. And, you know, I can go through and give you just some of the highlights about where, where I think we need to be moving Labor to, to, to get up to what I think millions of people voted for. Yeah, please. And, yeah, so, I mean, the first is... Um, the, the Labor's indicated the threshold they want for the jurisdiction is for serious um, and systemic corruption. They want it to be investigating only serious and systemic corruption. And and to be quite frank, I mean, if, if you think about how most investigations happen, you don't know at the start where it's going to lead. Yeah. Um, I can recall, I remember speaking with you about it, Marcus, when I first started running to ground this huge pork barrel in New South Wales called Stronger Communities. It ended yes. up being like 250-odd million dollars. 252, um, I think, David. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, yep. Um, and, and so I first found out about it through one of those 252 million. And I had a concerned resident trying to work out why a million dollars was being, was being dropped on a perfectly nice, um, much community-loved uh, local oval on the north side of Sydney. Yeah. And, and she said, look, you know, our local council has all sorts of really serious needs. Why, what, why, why did they get a million dollars here? It doesn't seem right. Can mm. you find out about it? Yeah. And, and it's only when you start pulling on the thread that you suddenly realise it wasn't just one oval. You know, it was, 
252 times that in coalition seats um, being lavished in this big pork barrel. So, so if the test is serious and, and systemic, well then, and, and if that's the test before ICAC can start issuing subpoenas and forcing the release of documents, they'll never unravel those kinds of things. Of course. They need, yeah, they need to have a much more open jurisdiction and, and also serious and systemic. I mean, at a minimum, it should be serious or systemic because what we don't want is we don't want, you know, somebody being targeted by ICAC and then them running off to the federal court and saying, oh, well, you can't target me. This might be serious corruption, but it's not systemic. You know, that's there's all sorts of problems with that threshold for Labor. And I think I think there's going to be movement there. OK, um, well, in consultation with stakeholders, MPs and senators, the Attorney General Mark Dreyfus, I mean, you're on the same page initially here, but he suggested the government will improve protections for whistleblowers. Um, but there's sort of been a, a bit of a, uh, a reluctance to establish a whistleblower protection commissioner, another feature of the Helen Haynes bill that was uh, previously brought up in the last parliament by that independent Helen Haynes. I mean, look, if we're going to have any federal uh, corruption watchdog or integrity commission, there needs to be protections in place, I'm sure, you'd agree, for whistleblowers. Yeah, well, I mean, this is what we said to Dreyfus last week in some open correspondence yeah. we sent to you. Okay. We, you know, you, you can have the best ICAC in the world, but if anybody who goes to it goes back to the office and has their head chopped off by their boss mm. as a whistleblower, then um, it's really not going to get the, the flow of inform- information that's needed to, to clean up governments, you know, going back and going forward. So we've been very clear that we want in this bill... Um, some seriously improved whistleblower protections. And, and I mean, again, here we have some good news. Um, yeah. Yes, Payne's bill had a whistleblower commissioner in it, but a, a 2019 federal integrity bill that the Greens brought to the federal parliament and actually passed the Senate with Labor's support, mm. that was done by my predecessor in this space, Larissa Waters, Yeah, that had a whistleblower commissioner and a whistleblower's commission in it. So you have some an agency, if you like, whose job is to actually protect whistleblowers and and ensure that they, they aren't targeted. And if if they are targeted, they've got someone in their corner to help them out. So, we, look, you know that that I think is 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 a is an area of ongoing discussion with Labor. They, I think, they would like to see that bounced off into another bill next year. Um, we are hoping to bring it forward and continue to work with other stakeholders to, to make it a core part of this ICAC bill. And and at a very minimum, we would need to make sure that the whistleblower protections for anyone coming to the ICAC, even if we can't get it for everybody at this point, well, the I whistleblower mean, protections for everyone coming to ICAC are absolutely world class. You've said this new parliament has now a once-in-a-generation opportunity to create an independent commission against corruption or a, a federal integrity commission that will future-proof the institution from governments yep. that might not be so keen on scrutiny. One of the, the big criticisms of ICAC in New South Wales that you and I also discussed previously was the fact that it was reliant upon state government funding. So those that were in power, perhaps being investigated, uh, they pulled the purse strings. Now, you <laughs> want something that's, uh, I guess, financially independent of government. Yeah. And in fact, you know, you, you can't be independent if the person or the or the body that you're investigating is holding the purse strings. Purse yeah. strings. You know, <laughs> federal ICAC, it's the, the New South Wales ICAC, 
was going down cap in hand to the then Berejiklian government and saying, please, sir, can we have some more? And um, please, ma'am, can we have some more? And mm. and it turns out at the same time, both the ICAC and the Berejiklian government knew that they were um, engaged in a sort of very, very um, close scrutiny of that Premier's behaviour, that former Premier's behaviour and, and her former partner's behaviour and people very close to her. And the conflict of interest is just so obvious. I, I did a fair bit of work at this at a state level. We delivered two reports from the Public Accountability Commission that I chaired. And, and in the middle of those, the New South Wales Auditor General delivered her own report and a really quality report on how to um, how to how to ensure that all the integrity integrity agencies have independent funding and and for me that's a pretty good blueprint and what that says is instead of the ICAC state or federal going cap in hand to the government and the treasurer and saying please please can I have a few few dollars to investigate you that they take their budget pitches to a cross-party um, parliamentary committee which has a non-government majority on it then there's a whole lot of transparency you see exactly what they want in their budget sure then that committee analyzes it with some expert, expert assistance and makes a recommendation to government. And then everybody can see what's needed. And then, and then if the government doesn't put it in the budget, they have to explain why they didn't put it in the budget. And then the parliament has a chance to amend the budget. And I can tell you now, we would use our power in the upper house to work with um, a non-government majority to ensure that any future ICAC had it, had the funding that it needs. And you can see how that kind of transparency um, makes an organisation far more independent. Well, when will you get the opportunity? Uh, when does Parliament and when will the Upper House, uh, the House of Representatives and the, and the Senate return to Canberra? What's that date again that you will start to be able Tw to... 26th of July is when the circus All right. kicks off. Okay, 16, 15 days from today. Yes, and uh, so look, what what's the the the, the time frame that that um, the government's talking about, and they've been quite open about it. Um, the, the Attorney General, yeah, is to do more of this kind of consultation. We had a consultation session last week. Myself and some of the um, the the other some of the independents had a very fruitful um, roundtable with the attorney last week. I think there there's likely to be. You know, maybe one or two more of those. Um, we we obviously sent correspondence to try and make it very clear where we wanted to go, so that everybody there's no no you know misapprehension about what our position is. Sure. I, I my understanding is that with a bit more of that kind of consultation, the government wants to bring a bill into Parliament mm -hmm. in time for it to go off to again a cross-party committee. Um, to actually review the bill in detail, the, the, the draft legislation in detail, and then we can take it through in the last few weeks of All this right. sitting year and actually have it in place. So that's the time frame. Mm -hmm. And there's still plenty of space, I hope, for ongoing, you know, a bit of push and shove, um, and hopefully a, a progressive majority in Parliament delivering the best ICAC we can by the well, end that, of the year. Well, I mean, that's, I think, what uh, Australians wanted. I think they made that pretty clear in the uh, the recent election. You say you're ready to take on these big issues. Uh, now, obviously, um, the federal ICAC is certainly high on your wish list, but you also talk about other big issues like climate change and social justice. Uh, you're in Canberra now, and 
Uh, I mean, these are important uh, aspects of Australian society that do need to be looked at under a new microscope, given uh, that we've uh, kind of pushed some of the older conservative viewpoints which you and I would agree have been a little bit prehistoric in a number of these areas. We've kind of pushed them aside a little bit. So I do look forward to seeing a more progressive Australian parliament in both houses moving forward, David. Yeah, well, I mean, that is absolutely the hope. We now have um, a progressive majority in the Senate and a couple of different ways. I mean, um, the Greens plus Jackie Lambie or one of the Jackie Lambie crew or the Mm -hmm. Greens plus David Pocock. Um, and there you have on, on, you know, on a pretty much a raft of progressive legislation, a super progressive pathway for Labor to take its legislation through the Senate. And, and that is a pretty fundamental change from where the Senate was before this election, yep. you know, con- controlled really by a conservative crossbench and, and you know, used used by the coalition to put some pretty ugly stuff through. But I feel like we've, you know, the country has spent 10 years or more going backwards on this stuff mm-hmm. or at least in neutral on this stuff. So, I mean, I talk to people about federal politics since, since the election and people have a smile on their face and a real sense of hope and expectation that we can finally start moving forward and moving forward rapidly, you know, on renewable energy, on climate targets, yep. on anti-corruption laws, on mm-hmm. um, hopefully we can move Labor on some pretty core human rights things like, Delivering justice for First Nations peoples and yep. moving, getting away from some of the, the the really brutal way in which our immigration laws have been been enforced in this country. Well, that's right. And maybe there's been some wins so far. Um, of course, with the uh, Murugappan family and uh, the, uh, the Tamil asylum seekers. Um, you know that that was good news. So, and I I read today as well that. Uh, in the issue of social justice for women, the uh, Albanese government's given uh, charity status to the Grace Tame Foundation. So things are slowly, slowly changing, which is good, I think, David. Yeah, and, and the other thing is we want to get a It may seem like we want to do a lot quickly, and the Greens do. We have a lot of stuff that we want to move on quickly. Yeah. And, and the one good reason to do that is that when you get a new government, that kind of reformist zeal, Mm-hmm. Um, that passion to, to do what you saw in opposition as essential, mm-hmm. it can kind of sort of, you know, wash away a bit once they have more time with their hands, uh, you know, on, in, in the funds, in Treasury, more time sitting there getting this expectation of power. So we want to do as much as we can, as quickly as we can, and, and we're not going to apologise for it. We, no. We are doing it in, a, in an environment where I think... Um, the country wants us to do that. We have a receptive government who we're happy to work with and we're going to push them where we need to to make it better. Well, I look forward to it, David, and I look forward to talking to you further about a uh, a more progressive Australia as the, the months and the years tick by. Thank you very much for joining us. I, I really appreciate it, David. You and I can talk uh, politics all day, I'm sure. But <laughs> we'll leave it for now. Um, thank you again. Congratulations on becoming uh, another uh, Australian Green Senator. I think the country will be better off for your input at a federal level. You did so well in New South Wales. Um, and, you know, I'm on the record of of, of praising you um, a great deal for, for holding New South Wales politicians to account. And I'm sure you'll do that at a federal level as well. Thank you. Cheers, Marcus. Always a pleasure. Um, always a pleasure to speak.